Today's episode is an interview with Chicago-based spiritual songwriter and musician, Vibe Queen. Vibe Queen joined us back in June. However, I am only able to get up this episode to you now. So some of the events are current, but you will notice that we are talking about things that happened last month. And prior to that, some of the topics that we discuss in this podcast are a bit on the controversial side. A lot of these are censored opinions and viewpoints. And I encourage anyone listening to always do their own independent research and always question everything, especially the things that we speak about. My intention with this podcast is to enlighten and educate. This interview is also meant to amplify melanated voices, which I highly believe in, and I hope that we can learn and have some meaningful discussion around her viewpoints and also what's going on in the world at large. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the Taking Back Your Power podcast. I'm Isabel Palacios and I specifically created this podcast to empower and inspire you to create your best life and live a positive existence. Join me as I interview incredible people, share my journey, discuss the law of attraction and guide you into your greatest version. May you always remember your true beauty, your true worth and your true power always come from within. So open your mind and your heart, get comfortable and let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Taking Back Your Power. And I am so pleased to announce we have a very special guest. She is the Vibe Queen, and she's an artist and does incredible things. And I'm so grateful to have her on today because I really want her to share her story and her thoughts and just her spirituality with us today. So thank you so much, Vibe Queen, for being here with us. And if you feel free to introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah, I just want to take a moment and thank you for giving me the opportunity to be on your show. Um, I feel very, very fortunate and grateful to be here. So thank you. Um, yeah, so I'm Vibe Queen. I've been in the music industry for about 15 years now. Um, and this is, a, I would say, the first year um, of my spiritual awakening. So I'm still pretty, pretty much a newbie to this. Um, but yeah, um, we connected just by me sharing my, my truth on Instagram, which honestly, this would be week two of me doing that, um, really, truly sharing my truth as far as taking a stance on what's happening in the world with the pandemic and the riots and the protesting. And the stance I took wasn't really a popular one with my audience. Um, and it was a scary thing to do. But it led me to you, which is awesome. And it led me to a lot of wonderful people. And I'm just kind of embracing that new journey. Um, but as far as my background, I've uh, been in the music industry, so singer-songwriter. Um, it's always what I've known I wanted to do, but I did not know it would turn into what it is today. So I make R&B soul music, but I also now make meditation music. Uh, meditation is a practice that I picked up about a year and a couple of months ago. And it completely transformed my life. Um, I've always kind of heard about it 
didn't really understand it. Um, and then once I implemented it into my life, it just completely changed me. Um, so I just knew I had to somehow incorporate it into my, my world. So I make instrumental meditation music and guided meditation music in hopes to inspire other people to implement the practice. Um, with the whole pandemic, you know, since I'm not a musician per se, and I don't like have a guitar or anything like that, I felt that just singing um, to a screen would get boring. So I implement, uh, implemented a five-minute guided meditation that I do Monday through Friday on my Instagram Live in an effort to show up for myself um, to stay consistent, but also to um, let people know that it's something you can tap into. It's something that is easy. So I've been going on three months of doing that. And uh, yeah, it's just been really exciting to kind of merge the two worlds together. And uh, yeah, that's kind of a quick little snapshot of who I am. Thank you. That's amazing because I've always believed in the power of music in spiritual awakening, in alignment. And I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but for me, it's really hard for me to listen to a lot of modern day music because I feel like it's very low vibrational. Yeah. So I'm very careful on the music I listen to. Is that kind of what you were feeling too? It's very true actually, because, um, a person that came into my life at random, it feels like, uh, told me about, uh, the hurts in music and they gave me an article that I read that completely changed my life. And it basically described that music was changed to 440 Hertz, um, back in, I believe it was the forties. And the intent behind that wasn't a good one. It was basically 440 Hertz. It's a frequency that causes a lot of chaos and negativity within the body. And it's very subtle, you know, it doesn't make you outraged or anything, but it's not the frequency that music should be in. It should actually be in 432 Hertz. Mm -hmm. um, so all the guitars, pianos, everything is is put to 440, which is unfortunate. So that's something that when I read this and kind of started doing some research on, I was just like, wow, this is crazy. I had no idea. And I've been releasing music for years in 440 hertz. That's the standard in the music industry. So my, my um, meditation music is all in 432 hertz. And uh, so I make it an effort to, to be very intentional with everything that I put out. There's other healing frequencies as well. There's 528 hertz. And if you go on YouTube, you know, you can see a variety of different um, hertz that are out there. But as I started, you know, just doing my research, even, you know, with my distributor, when I wanted to release meditation music and I put that on the track and on my cover art, it got rejected, you know, and I won't name which distributor, but literally they said, we don't support meditation and yoga music. And I'm like, what? This is insanity. You know, because if you go to like your Spotify, if you go, if you put, you know, 432 Hertz, you'll, it'll come up, but it's, it's, it wasn't supported. So I had to kind of go around it and like, you know, it's, it's crazy. So little things like that. And, and I'm sure we'll, we'll go down the rabbit hole in this, in this podcast interview. Um, I started connecting the dots as to why and as to, you know, the involvement of the music industry with, with what's going on. So when you say music is powerful, oh, it very much so is. <laughs> yeah. uh, Hollywood and the music industry is part of um, the tools, if you will, uh, that the government and the state uses to kind of control the narrative because unfortunately music and Hollywood and Hollywood is used to uh, 
it's used for relaxation. You know, you turn on the music to relax, you unwind to Netflix. So you kind of think that's, it's like they catch you off guard when reality you're actually being programmed into your subconscious. And then when things show up in the world, you don't think twice because you're like, wait, I saw that in that movie. That can't be real when it very much so is real and it's actually much worse. So once I connected those dots, I realized, okay, I may not be a politician. I may not be a scientist. I may not be smart enough to invent something. (laughs) Like I know my limits, but I love music and that's what I've always been passionate about. So I'm going to create, you know, I'm going to be intentional with that. So that's, that's my lane. That's my outer purpose. And, you know, that's part of, you know, my mission whenever I get an opportunity to speak is that once people can figure out that their number one purpose is to tap into inner peace, and I think meditation can be a great tool to get to that, then their outer purpose, whatever that may be, uh, will present itself to them and they can stay in their lane and fully just focus on that. And I, and I know for me, that's music. Wow. And what a very powerful and important purpose that is because music to me is such an integral part of my life and my spirituality. It always has been. I mean, I'm a Pisces. I just listen to music all the time. And I notice a lot of what you're saying and there's a lot of subliminal messages in mm-hmm music in what they talk about. And I think it does contribute a lot to how our society currently is. It's a lot of the music is the popular kind of pop music you hear on the radio constantly is basically talking about drugs, sex, all these things that are kind of bringing us lower vibrationally. And we think, oh, we're going to listen to this music because it's cool. It's good for me. And I noticed it just brings up a lot of the things that separate us from our spiritual selves, that separate us from our higher selves, our inner peace, as you were saying. And it brings us into this place of ego. It brings us into this place of competition with others, of tearing other people down, you know, kind of bringing up old wounds, especially around heartache. And I noticed that in just the lyrics. And I get anxiety. I don't talk about this much, but I get anxiety literally listening to the radio and the music that resonates with me is music from the seventies because at least the lyrics are not about all these things. It's usually about love. It's about dancing. Like if you listen to a lot of the old R and B or the disco and stuff like that, it is a bit different, but it still has that energy and us empaths. We could probably feel that. Are you, do you find that you're empathic? Um, I don't really like to put labels. Um, mm-hmm. I find that especially now with what I believe, what I kind of was warning my friends and some are former friends would turn into a race war, very much so has turned into a race war, which is why I don't like to to put labels on, on myself because it's very easy to then identify yourself as something. And I think that's a dangerous thing to, to do. But for the purpose of this conversation, I do feel energy. I've always felt energy, um, even as a kid. And I actually, for the most part, was always an atheist, ironically. So (laughs) I didn't really believe in God, which is a weird thing because I always felt energy. I I believed in, in spirits because I had experiences and I knew people that did. But I always just felt like, well, you know, you live, you die. That's it. I didn't really think much further. So it's, it's a weird thing. Now, obviously, I think very differently. Um, but with all that being said, um, yeah, I definitely feel feel energy. So 
I don't know. But I, I've learned that when it comes to music, it all goes back to self-awareness. So I think there's a balance. Um, I, Because I have a podcast myself and I interview a lot of artists and I, I get like a split answer because there's one part where you can't really censor. You shouldn't censor creativity. And as an artist myself, sometimes, you know, you do have angst and you do have anxiety and you do have heartbreak and you do have the tough stuff you go through and you want to put that in your music and people do relate to that, you know, and sometimes you just want to, you just want to cry it out and listen to that. So I, on the flip side, I get that. Um, I think what it boils down to is that it comes to self-awareness and just awareness in general. And what I don't like is that a lot of people are not even aware at the power of music and what it's doing to them. So I think if number one, our music can go to the hertz it should be in, 432 and not 440, that is already a major improvement. Okay, that's number one. And number two, if you can be aware of what you're listening to and maybe just limit, you know, the amount of hours you listen to death metal, perhaps. Maybe that's not the best choice 24 <laughs> hours a day. But just being aware of your intake, kind of like the same with, with movies. You know, I'm not going to never, ever watch TV again. It would, you know, that's not realistic for me, but I can be aware of what I'm watching. So, for example, when I watch TV now or if I watch a television show, I catch on to the subliminal messaging. I'm aware of it. I'm like, look at that. Oh, my God, I caught on to that. So I'm aware of it. It's, it's no longer subconsciously programming me. Um, perhaps one day I will cut it out completely. But, you know, when I do watch something or I watch a film, um, I'm just more aware and uh, I've, I've found that to be very helpful for me um, overall. So uh, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, perfect. And I totally resonate with that. And I understand I'm the same way. I am very conscious of what I see. And as you go through a spiritual awakening, you begin to question a lot of things. And you oh, begin yeah. To yeah, the narratives, what you see on TV, the news. I don't watch the news. Yeah, I don't watch the news either. Yeah. I don't, and I, I I have felt like that. And I'm a person, I studied political science in college. I was very politically aware since a very young age. And something that my dad always had me, you know, watching the news. Ever since I was like five years old, I would watch the news. It was crazy. And so I was always very much into it. And being aware from such a young age of what's going on in the world, you start to see patterns and you start to see what the media is feeding us and how it's very one-sided and it's very much created to distract us from the truth. So I wanted to get your perspective on what's going on now and just knowing it sounds like you are very awakened and you are questioning these things. And I want to get your opinion on what's going on now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I have a very different background from yourself. So I grew up in Europe. So I was born in Germany I lived until I was five, and then I grew up in the Netherlands, and then I moved to this country when I was 14. So um, then when I came here and I went to high school in New Jersey, I remember I had a history teacher, and he forced us, not forced, but like it was our assignment to watch the news um, every day at seven. Um, so that's how I kind of got introduced to the news, because I never really watched it growing up. And then I remembered the 10 o'clock news. 
I would watch that with my family. And it's so funny because I remember thinking to myself, wow, this news is entertaining. Because the news, when I did watch it in Europe, was kind of like dry. But the news was like entertaining in America. I distinctively remember thinking that at 14 years old. I was like, this is like fun. Like, I like watching the news. I'll watch this again. And the fact that I thought that at 14... That's, that's, there's something wrong with that. It's like there, there, there's a lot of dramatics that are happening, which, you know, in hindsight, I can see why. And all of the news stations are saying the same thing. Um, but as far as like politics and my background, I had no interest in politics. To, I'll be very honest with you. I really didn't understand it. I always just kind of felt like it was um, not propaganda, but just egos at battle. I didn't really think it mattered. Um, I did vote, but honestly, I just voted for whoever sounded like their argument sounded the best. I just really didn't understand it or care, which now I'm like kind of embarrassed to admit that, but that's the truth. My head just wasn't in that world. Um, you know, my dad, uh, he's, he's black. My mom's white. My dad's a Republican, which I remember being embarrassed about because, you know, black people, they're, Demo they're Democrats. That's like mm -hmm. the society, the community I grew up in. So I remember feeling really embarrassed about that. But, you know, my dad, funny enough, me and my dad now are so close. We are so close, which is funny because growing up we were not because I was embarrassed. But my dad is super awakened. And I didn't even know he was awakened. He kind of didn't even know he was awakened because he doesn't meditate. He's not spiritual, but he knew more than I knew now. And once I told him about all of the things that we're going to get into with like, you know, the human trafficking that's happening, the adrenochrome, all of this crazy stuff, my dad's like, yeah, I believe you. Didn't even <laughs> flinch. He believes it all. Like, I went deep, like, spiritual Satanism. Like, I went there with my dad. I thought he was going to think I lost my mind like some of my friends did. Literally, some of my friends were like, Tamisha, we're worried about you. Like, <laughs> legit. They thought I was going to, like, need needed medication. And my dad was like, I believe everything you just told me 100%. Does not doubt me. Like, he did, did not doubt me. And I felt such a relief. So... Yeah, it just, it just goes to show. So, yeah, I did not get into politics and all of this. You're going you're gonna, to, like, freak out um, about two months ago. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. What, what made you get into politics? So, okay. Um, I've always known about the Freemasons and the Illuminati because of the music industry, because I've been in the music industry for 15 years. So I'm, I'm not going to share too much of my personal connection. However, I was aware of that connection, but I did not know of the connection in politics. So once I watched Out of Shadows, which is a great documentary, um, link of That's it. The link, yeah, the link is in my bio on Instagram. At <laughs> I saw that documentary and I started connecting a lot of dots um, in my personal life with people I've interacted with. And that's when like a fire was lit within me. Cause it wasn't a documentary that I've watched where, you know, when you see a documentary, but it has no impact on your life, you're like, wow, that's really sad or that's tragic or, Oh man, that's tough. But then you just go on with your life. Mm -hmm. This one was personal. So I just felt compelled to, to share this with the community that I was in, which is the music community. 
and just the world and my platform. So I'm like, okay, people need to see this documentary. And this was before the riots and all of this, obviously. So I started sharing this and sharing this. And then I then I watched Fall of Cabal and it was over. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've seen that documentary, but Girl, um, I've seen it all. I've yeah. seen all of this and it was kind of around the time you started to see him. It's like as soon as the pandemic hit, you know, and, and yeah. it's like I believe that angels or spirit guides are literally giving us information because the way I came across that was just so random and just like, so I wasn't looking for that information. I was just focusing on staying safe, you know, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it just like pops up like in a comment somewhere or whatever. And I'm just like, what That's exactly that? how I found it too. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So I want to go into that because a lot of people don't realize that celebrities and these people, this idol worship that we have in our society is for a reason. Why is it that we hear more about the Kardashians and all this and not about the real issues, what's going on at hand? Because I've been down that rabbit hole. You've probably been down that rabbit hole and it goes really deep onto just how everything is connected with like Epstein and the Royal family and the CIA, Hollywood. And I actually made a podcast episode. I kind of got some crap for it, um, but it's okay. A lot of people were like, thank you for talking about this. But um, I talked about Awaken. It's called It's Time to Awaken and Take Back the Power because we are literally right now in a power struggle between the elites, the cabal, and Mm -hmm. us. And we are currently going through this big division and as you said, a race war to distract us from this stuff. Because there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that is not on the news. And I try to post it to my stories. And I'm like, this is what's going on. This is what they're distracting us from. And so I wanted to ask you, what? how would you best describe what's going on to somebody who's just waking up or who doesn't know about this at all? Um, it's a great question. So I would say watch those two documentaries. Um I think that's a great intro because they really paint the whole picture Um, because I'm the type of person I just want to like, like verbal vomit, tell you everything. And (laughs) it's going to get overwhelming. And I know that I I may not be the messenger for that person and the way you deliver it, it, you may be the messenger for that person. I don't know. And one thing I've noticed, the moment you say something to somebody and they start to experience the cognitive dissonance and they just tune out, they start to like not believe anything you say. Mm-hmm. So they need to just kind of have an open mind. They need to use their logical and critical thinking and they need to listen to their gut. And it may be best if they watch a documentary because the reason why I like Out of Shadow so much is because those two stuntmen, they worked in the industry. They have no reason to lie. Mm-hmm. They don't have anything to gain out of that. You know what I mean? If anything, it's an unpopular opinion. They're not going to make any money off of this, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think watching the documentaries, having an open mind, and then doing your own independent research. And that's what really changed the game for me because I actually spent the time doing the research. Um, so it took a lot of hours. Uh, after I watched Fall of Cabal, I pretty much felt um, traumatized. I'm not going to lie. I woke up feeling pretty defeated, pretty much like, okay, 
Um, do I even want to be a singer anymore? Every, everything's corrupt. Everything is, you know, going to fall to, to pieces. Um, but I realized that I couldn't give up. Um, and I had to keep, I had to keep going. Uh, and I had to just do the research and really kind of tie in all the pieces that seemed confusing. So I had a full picture and I knew that if I was going to share this information with other people, I was going to get slack. So I knew I need to be able to explain it all in my own words and not just say, well, this lady said, this lady said, well, in the document, you know what I mean? Like I need to be able to formulate my own argument. And I actually went to school for criminal justice. So that was like my backup plan, if you will, um, to be an attorney. So I kind of felt like this new wind of like, okay, I got to prove my case, you know? Um, And it's funny because I started doing that on Facebook and I, you know, a little bit of a recommendation to those listening, don't share anything on Facebook anymore. I say this because they will start, you know, censoring you and uh, uh, fact checking you and taking down your stuff. Um, and it's all connected to your Instagram. And I noticed once I started doing that, um, I started getting um, a lot of things taken down. So I just don't even do that anymore. And I got a lot of um, negative feedback on Facebook. So I just stopped. So I just focused on, on Instagram. So Yeah, I don't have Facebook. I got rid of it a couple of years ago because it was literally, it just drained my energy so much. And that's the problem is that we're seeing the censorship left and right. And I saw it during the pandemic with that documentary pandemic with Judy Mikovits and what she was saying about Fauci and CBC and all the, a bunch of doctors actually came out and were doing interviews and were talking about this, making videos on their own channels. I watched them with my own eyes. Their videos were taken down. Wow. All the dissenting opinions against the CDC and WHO were taken down. And all these fact checkers, Snopes and all these people are severely biased. And we take them as, you know, at face value, we're like, oh, they're fact checking. And I see this on posts that are not even controversial, that are basically just people giving dissenting opinions with evidence. And they're basically taken off the internet. And there's so much on YouTube that has been censored and me being a YouTuber, I noticed it and I noticed it started with the demonetization of certain videos. And then now it's just full on censorship where they're just taking videos down. If you guys are interested in learning more about that, I'd recommend checking out uh, London Real on YouTube. He has interviewed these people who have been censored. He has a lot of great interviews and he has talked about this. It's just such a big problem. And if you take the time, especially those of you guys who are more intuitive and know that something's up and I get these messages like, Isabel, what's going on? What's going on? I'm like, it's out there. Do your research, turn off the TV and realize that the elite and the cabal and the fact that our world is being run by a 1% of people who are not good people, to put it lightly, is a truth. And I've known this since I was probably 15 because like you, Vibe Queen, I was, I, I was very, I wanted to get into acting. I wanted to, you know, go into Hollywood and all this. And it was like my dream. And then I started to do research on the Illuminati because I started to see these hand symbols and just stuff in like Lady Gaga videos and Jay-Z and Beyonce. And those are the people I loved and I looked up to. And I started to do more research and I came across, you know, the Illuminati and all this stuff. And at that time, it was just way out there. 
But now more people are waking up to it and they're realizing, yeah, we are being run by this. We are Mm -hmm. fed to our children through Disney movies, through television. We're being fed these satanic symbols and all all these things. And we have to realize that we are literally going through a war on consciousness. I believe we're going through World War III in our minds, in our consciousness, in our spirits. And once you realize it's a spiritual battle that's going on right now, then you're able to step back and really prepare yourself for what's coming. Exactly. Yeah. It's definitely a spiritual war. Um, and, and this is what I also say, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't believe in all of that, they do. Mm-hmm. You know, they do. And that does not eliminate the fact that you know, what's happening is very real. Human trafficking is very real and that needs to stop. So even if you don't believe in the spiritual stuff, you know, um, they do. So they're still committing these crimes, which is awful. So yeah, trust. I've had, I've had a lot of conversations. Um, um, and now I'm starting to learn, uh, exactly what you're talking about, protecting your energy, knowing when to kind of walk away and also knowing when to just not even engage. Um, so yeah, I've been getting, trust me, I've been getting a lot of DMs of people trying to make their argument and I'm like, I'm just not even going to engage. It's not worth me getting, you know, my energy caught up in that. I'd rather put that towards something else. So, yeah. Yeah. So what is your opinion on what's going on now in regards to George Floyd and how that's being played out? So... At first, when the video first circulated, um, well, first of all, let me let me kind of go back a bit. I had a dream that night, which this, that was the first time that has ever happened to me. I had a dream that night that I was telling people about, you know, the things that were going on in the world, and um, I was being censored. And then I kept dreaming about the word Ferguson. And I had a friend whose last name is Ferguson. So I actually thought I was dreaming about my friend. So I woke up kind of concerned for them. I didn't even think about the riots in Ferguson. That was just, it wasn't on my mind because there was no riots in the world. It was just shelter in place and the COVID-19. So I woke up, George Floyd, all of this is happening in the world. I was talking to my friend and he's like, Ferguson, the Ferguson riots. And I'm like, Ferguson riots? I'm like, oh my God, maybe I dreamt about the Ferguson riots. And I'm like, no, nobody's going to riot over this. He's like, maybe. I'm like, no. I mean, what they did was awful, but maybe a protest. I'm like, I don't think people would riot. And then boom, all of these riots happened. So that freaked me out because I'm like, I've never dreamt anything like that. And then started sharing my truth. And then I had another person DM me saying they had the same dream I had. So I thought that was very weird. So I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on with that. But as far as what I think is going on, the more I started following the George Floyd story, the more I started thinking that this was, um, uh, I don't want to say a scam, but like, that it was just another ploy, if you will, to exploit um, the human emotion, specifically black people, black people's emotions. Because um, the one video that surfaced was uh, George Floyd being in pornography, which, I mean, that's, I don't really care. Everybody has the right to do what they will with their human body, you know? There's, it's not for me to judge. 
so that's not what was alarming. But what was alarming, which um, I think his account is, uh, I'm sure you follow him, Pharaoh underscore Anton. Yeah. He pointed out that he has a tattoo on his chest. So, of course, you know, allegedly can't say 100 percent, but it, it very much so resembles a Masonic tattoo. So I don't know. Likely he is dead. Maybe he's not. But it does look like he was part of the Freemasons. I know there was a post by his brother indicating their father uh, or they were connected in the Freemasons. So that makes you wonder, you know, was he a sacrifice? Then there is the fact that, you know, George Floyd knew the officer, which that makes you, you know, speculate, was it really racial then? You know, if they knew each other, they could have had, you know, if they have a history. So then that's not necessarily racial profiling if they were in an altercation he wanted to kill that man you know that that's because there's a personal vendetta that has nothing to do with race that is then the media exploiting the murder of this man and turning it into a race uh crime he just happened to be black and the cop was white but if they knew each other for 17 years and there was no history of violence and maybe they were at one point friends or friendly and they worked at the same nightclub or whatever or you know that's, that's a different scenario. They're exploiting the situation. So, again, I don't know all the answers. I wasn't there, so I'm never going to say this is fact. You know, and I always tell everybody, look at things objectively, use your critical thinking, and listen to your gut. So I'm just sharing what I'm finding, like the rest of the world, but it does make you wonder. Another thing with the video, you know, there was no real EMT. It was police officers that carried his body. They didn't check his vitals. So, you know, then there was another video I saw that there was symbolism behind the Asian officer's head. I don't know if you saw that. So there's just a lot of things in the video that don't make sense. There's another angle of the video that don't show the people shooting the video of George Floyd. So it's like, okay, where were those people? They should have been in that shot, which makes you wonder that it was staged. There's also another angle showing George Floyd dropping something on the floor then it's like, okay, if George Floyd was detained, why did he end up on the floor with a knee, like with, with his elbow to his neck? Why were two other black men killed the same way in, I believe, Paris and Spain? So there's just a lot of questions that don't make sense. Also, the timing of it all. So yeah, I just, I don't know, there's definitely something else going on. Um, yeah, There's definitely sure. something else going on. Yeah, I, I totally resonate with that. And from my own research, I'm a type of person where I don't tell people you have to think this and this. I tell people use critical, independent thinking. Stop letting Twitter and the news and social media and these posts control your thinking because you have your own brain for a reason. You have your own mouth for a reason. You have your own eyes for a reason. You have these senses for a reason. And I believe we also have other senses, our sixth sense, which also comes into account. And whenever you see something's off, if you feel the need to question it, please do. Because right now we're in an age where we're being taught that if we go against the narrative, we are dangerous. If we speak out and question the mainstream narrative, we're evil or we're racist or we're all these different things. And that is specifically done to suppress anyone who wants to question what these elites are doing. And 
the fact that people have already been brainwashed into believing certain things should be a cause for concern for our future because then if everyone is following the same the same way of thinking then we're not living in a free society we won't live in a free society and we haven't been living in a free society for a long time and now it's just gonna be censorship in your own mind where right. you won't even trust right. the fact that you're getting a question in your mind so well, yeah I, yeah I, no I've made a I made an interesting connection yesterday and I know this is going to be a very unpopular thing to say and part of me was like should I even say this but I feel like I've shared so much so why not and I honestly feel that it's important for me to say it specifically because I am black um it's just the world we live in so it is all connected and it all comes down to this it all comes down to the fact that they want President Trump out of office that is why all of this is happening 100% zero doubt in my mind that's just that is what I believe take it or leave it and this is why this is why I think so the reason I think so is because of this the black community Unfortunately, those that are born and raised in this country, and I'm going to tell you why I believe this, I think they grossly underestimate their power and their vote. I believe it's 14% that um, take up. Uh, I think that's the amount. Um, And that's why the Democratic Party really, really relies on the black vote. And I think that's why they're doing whatever they can to trigger the black community to get their vote because that is the vote they need in order to get president Trump out. So here we out on this. <laughs> okay. What else would trigger such massive movement? It would be a video like the George Floyd video. What else would trigger people to do something as ludicrous as a white person kneeling to bl- a black person and giving up their white privilege. I've seen videos of some people believing a prank of white people shaving their heads, going bald for BLM. That was a prank. And I've seen some people fall for it, shaving their head. It is insane. Basically saying that, well, a black person will never have white straight hair, so we should shave off our heads. As if having white straight hair is better than having natural black hair. Like, what kind of craziness is that? So it it is such an insane, it is insane. Anyway, it it is such a deeply rooted trauma wound that has affected a mass majority of the collective, which is slavery, that they're driving that narrative so hard. It's like they're rubbing salt in that wound and putting everything they can to apply pressure to create this divide because it's pretty much, I believe that, and maybe the food shortage strategy, I think maybe the next ploy, but I think they're putting a lot of pressure on that because COVID-19 was losing steam. That is my theory. And I believe with that divide, it's causing a race war and causing more division to further make Trump look bad. So people will vote Democrat and vote for Joe Biden, no matter how, horrible this man is and no matter how terrible their associations are because no matter what we want to get Trump out 
And I believe that is why that's going on, so that they can get the Democratic vote. That is my theory. So I know I'll get a lot of crap for it, but yeah, I truly believe that. And the reason why I say this is because ultimately what I've found, what I've seen is that even when I came to this country, I had more of a, for lack of better words, immigrant mentality. I had this idea of like, when I got here, I need to work hard. I came to America. This is America, the land of opportunity. I know my dad had that same mentality. And I've seen that also even in Asian culture. It's just culturally, you have to do well. There's this built-in pressure. Like it's just, it's just different. And that's why I feel like you see that. And unfortunately, with the lower economic class, there isn't that pressure because it's not culturally ingrained because it's almost like celebrated if you're taking advantage of the government. I hate to say it, but it's, it's kind of true. And also there's no immigrant mentality of, I, Oh, I got the opportunity to come to America and make something of myself because you just were born here with that opportunity. So no, I don't hate my own race. That's not what I'm saying here, but it's just, I've seen it and I can say it because I've seen it. And I am also the, like, I've seen it with my own eyes and I've seen it with my own eyes because I have family that have been born here and I see what their lives have turned into. <laughs> and I was not born here and I see what, what, how I think. So I'm using my own life experience as data. So this is not me just pointing the finger and making these wild claims. I'm saying this as my own social proof. So I feel that I can say that. And, you know, if I get crap for it, that's fine. But that's my own environment and owned with my own eyes. So, yeah. And I agree with you because I am the child of immigrants and I believed growing up that I had to work harder to prove myself because of the fact that I am of Latino descent and I am a woman. Mm -hmm. And for me, that pushed me to be the best that I can and make the most out of being born here because where my parents are from, they're from Colombia and Guatemala, they would not have had the opportunities that this country has afforded to them. Mm-hmm. And that's why I am very grateful for this country. And mm-hmm. I see what you mean about Joe Biden. Um, the Democratic Party is very much centered on making government really big and making people depend on the government so that if you're hungry, you go to the government you go to daddy for money or you go to daddy for food. Mm-hmm. And that way they can slowly, it's kind of like the foot in the door technique. They're like, Oh, you need money. You're unemployed. Here's some money here. Or you're hungry or you have, you know, your kids are hungry, whatever. Here's some food here. And slowly that's how they start taking control. And that's how we see it in countries. I mean, just to tell you a little bit about myself, um, I actually used to travel to Cuba a lot. And because I was dating somebody from Cuba, we're in a relationship for about a year, we're years. And my sister is married to a Cuban immigrant. And he, she brought him over to the United States from Cuba about less than a year ago. And the stories we hear about Cuba and how they slowly took over control, very similar to what's going on now. And their lifestyle over there, they're not free at all. Their healthcare system, uh, 
regardless of what politicians here want to say, their healthcare system over there is terrible. They're having massive food shortages here uh, over there, and they're basically completely controlled by their government. And that's what I fear is going to happen here because they're poised to make people not be self-sufficient, not have their own businesses, make people more and more dependent on the government so slowly they can start taking control. And that's what I'm seeing here. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, if you say this to someone like, hey, they're taking advantage of you, if they're not open to hearing that, they, they shut down. Um, and that's something that, you know, Candace Owens even talks about. You know, why is Joe, B- Joe Biden saying you ain't black? You know, let's just talk about even the way he said it. Why is he speaking in broken English? It's so arrogant. Too. Exactly. Like, it's not even the statement, just the way he is saying it. He's trying to be cool. He's trying to talk, like, talk to on your level. It's like, why can't you just speak to me properly? And I remember exactly. growing up people would would say that to me like oh you sound like a white person as if that's a compliment or if as if that like i should i should speak improper you know and it and it would it would frustrate me and i'm like i don't even know how to take that is that a compliment is that a backhanded compliment should i like not speak as good of english like english is technically my third language so wow. i'm confused i'm so confused like i don't even know how to take that i'm technically half white so oh okay this is weird you know so I don't I don't understand. So it, it's, it's very strange. It's very strange. And I also don't get the concept of like, it's okay for black people to say racist things towards white people, but it's like, oh, that's okay. I, I don't get that either. So it's very weird. And it's, it's now there's the whole thing of you need to be anti-racist and like, I get where it's coming from. And I understand, you know, people want to feel like they're doing something and like with the whole blackout Tuesday and the black square. And I even fell for it for a hot second, but people need to understand that ultimately there is a spiritual war and it's bigger than that. And people are staying stuck at the, the spacesuit level, if you will. Right. They're staying stuck at the, the, the physical level at the skin color level. We need to take it a step higher. And it's just, it's, it's, I'm not even frustrated anymore. I feel like last week I was frustrated. This week I'm just like kind of taking a step back and like, all right, I'm going to just take it for what it is because that's exactly what they wanted. Like the people that are falling for it and are are bickering and, you know, that's exactly what the plan was supposed to do. So I'm just not going to entertain it anymore. So I'm just stepping away from that. So that's my advice. If you have anyone that's you know, wanting to cause chaos with you or argue with you, even if they're like, well, let's just debate it. I I honestly, I encourage you, if they don't truly have an open mind, like truly, and they just want to argue for arguing's sake, just walk away. It's not worth your energy. It's not worth your energy because eventually it's going to, it may turn nasty. And if if they don't really have an open mind to learning more, it's just not even worth it. Um, and that's what I've been doing. And I just walk away. And that way I can attract people that truly want to engage. And that way you can attract opportunities that are actually worth something. So that's that's my advice. That's true. We have to protect our energy right now as much as possible, even though I, I do see it a lot on social media where it's like, no, don't disengage. You need to stay connected, this and that. And it's like, no, that's 
exactly what it is is just sucking you in so that you no longer have yourself of your sense of self and you no longer have that connection to your higher self to your spiritual self which is always in alignment which doesn't know fear and all you're being fed is guilt and fear guilt and fear guilt and fear mm-hmm. and that's where we have to step back and and I agree with you you know kind of going back to earlier with the Democrats, for example, and this is me, I've noticed this just through my studies, through my own research, especially now, is that a lot of the racism that we see in the black community or in you know lower economic communities, especially with the police force, is a, the result of a lot of the politics of the Democrats, a lot of their own plans, a lot of their own policies. And Joe Biden was behind the 1994 crime bill, which created a lot of the problems that we have within the police force. Mm-hmm. And when you wake yourself up about that, you're like, okay, I'm not going to be fighting other people, or I'm not going to be fighting racists. I'm going to look to these people who have literally created this chaos that we're seeing now. And that's why I tell people, look at who you're voting for. Don't just vote according to red or blue. Me, personally, I'm an independent. And I refuse to be, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, oh, are you a Republican? Are you a Democrat? Are you this? And I say, I'm not either one. I look at their actual policies. Mm -hmm. I create my own idea or I vote according to that. But I'm not going to be told by CNN or Fox News or any of these people on what to think. No, not even my own family. And that's the thing is like there's this big idea out there that Republicans are racist or Trump is racist or Mm -hmm. Trump supporters are racist. And to tell you the truth, I know a lot of Trump supporters who are black, who are Hispanic, who are minorities, but they don't say anything. And they're out there. There a lot of them are out there and they're just quieted by the media or they're called coons and they're called, you know, these horrible things and these labels. And that's where we have to realize why is there such a push against that? Right. You know? Yeah. Ultimately I feel like regardless of what you believe, it shouldn't cause division amongst us. Like why, why, why is that? Why is that? We should be able to still just function Racism shouldn't exist at all. I get that. I understand that. But what we need to understand is all of this was triggered because of this video that happened, which this is not the first video to ever come out of the universe. You know what I mean? Like Rodney King. When did that happen? 1992. What was happening in 1992? Bill Clinton was running for president. Like, come on. This is like, it's... Yeah, and to to go off of that, the exact same thing that's happening right now, it was interesting about your dream on Ferguson, Mm -hmm. because Ferguson, Missouri is where I believe, um, was it Michael Brown or Eric Garner? Oh, yeah. Um, There were were riots, I believe it was Michael Brown. That was 2016. What was happening? Presidential election. It was 2014. Let me look it up now. But basically, in 2014, we had... The I Can't Breathe, the uh, Mary Garner, I Can't Breathe. That's when Black Lives Matter started. Um, that was during Obama's presidency. And Ebola, H1N1, all these things happened during that time, but you really didn't hear it as much as it's going on now. It's right. like the exact same playbook happened in 2014. 
and it's 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 different now. And I question why is that? <laughs> well, they're up in the ante. They really want to, like I said, they really want to get uh, Joe Biden into office. Um, it's they don't want Trump to stay in in office. There's five months left, so um, I think that's why they're really pushing it. I also think all of this has been in the works. Uh, I think the only difference is Hillary would have been in office. Um, but, you know, there's a bill that was just passed on Sunday in Colorado, making it mandatory for children to be vaccinated with the COVID-19 vaccine um, before returning back to school, which, again, even if you're pro-vaccines, shouldn't it be alarming to you that there's a bill that has been passed on a Sunday? That's weird. Um, for a COVID-19 vaccine that has not been invented yet? Like, why is there a bill passed for a vaccine for kids to go back to school if there's no vaccine yet? I think that's very strange. Um, and also, why are they rushing? Vaccines should take time. Shouldn't there be studies done? Even if you're pro-vaccines, which I don't know, I think that's very odd. I wouldn't vaccine my child with a vaccine that's going to be rushed to be put out. I don't know. I think, again, ask questions and you're making it mandatory. I don't know. I think it's scary. Well, yeah, I think it's it's definitely something that has to be questioned. Just the fact that we're saying, like, question it is going to be taken the wrong way by some people. Yeah. And if you guys want more information on that bill that was passed, actually, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the son of Robert F. Kennedy, who was assassinated, the brother of JFK, um, he's actually been at the forefront of vaccine safety for children. He started the Children's Health Defense, or I, I believe he started that, I'm not sure. But he is, he's been talking about that they actually had a rally the other day um, protesting it, but they passed it anyways. And he says, we're going to continue fighting this. So I've been following his journey. I really had no I really didn't have an opinion on vaccines, you know, until this year that I, I really don't still have a set opinion. I believe that you should have vaccines, but they should be healthy. And this year I started educating myself on vaccine safety, on the levels of autism in this generation, the younger generation of children in America and how they're related to vaccines and how many vaccines children are given now as opposed to 20 years ago when you and I were babies. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I got uh, vaccinated when I was a kid in, in Germany. And then when I came to this country, they forced me to get vaccinated again when I was 14. And I remember I did not want to. And they said I couldn't go to school unless I did. And five years later, I got epilepsy when I was 19. And that changed my life. And epilepsy is a neurological disorder, and it is one of those disorders linked to vaccines. Came out of nowhere. It's not something you just get when you're an adult. Not typically. I think it's like less than like one percent or two percent of the population. So yeah, my opinion I think is pretty clear. Um, again, everything I say is because I have personal experience. So nothing that I share is because. I just have a strong opinion because I have a strong opinion. No, everything I share is because I have personal experience. Um, and that's why I'm against vaccines because I got a double dosage of it and I am on medication for epilepsy. I've been on medication for over 15 years because of it. I, you know, lost my teeth because of seizures. You know, it is, it's horrible. It's awful. So 
yeah, it's obviously not as terrible as autism, not here to compare by any means, but um, do I have concrete proof that that was directly linked to vaccines? No, of course I don't. But again, from the research I've done, it's pretty likely. So I don't think it's something that should be given. That's just, again, that's just my opinion. Again, people will disagree and that's totally fine. Um, yeah. You don't have to agree with my opinion, but you don't have to hate someone or send someone hate for disagreeing either. You know, it's still a free country for now. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we still have freedom of speech as much as they want to take it out or take it away from us. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. And I'm glad that at least it created an awakening for you to dig deeper and search deeper because that's what we have to take these events and these things are going out, especially with our bodies, you know, take control of our bodies and take control of what's going on. And there's actually some really great doctors out there that I would recommend Dr. Christiane Northrup. She's amazing. She's so woke and she talks about, you know, women's bodies and what can go right with women's bodies, especially for women who are, dealing with, um, you know, these, you know, not epilepsy, but just in general, women's health issues, because there's just so much information out there. You probably know there's just so much information out there that goes against the official narrative that is pushed by doctors. And this is all part of the great awakening that we're going through now, you know, with COVID and all the stuff that came after that and, you know, the mandatory vaccines and Fauci and Gates. And I have been questioning that for a long time. And yeah, you do get some pushback from it. But when you are a person who is centered in their energy and you meditate, you take care of yourself, you are very in tune with your inner self and you have self-love, it comes naturally to you to search and say "Hmm, there is something there Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah um something i also recently remembered um and i don't have all the details on this i actually need to do some more research but i was at a talk back in february at um museum in chicago and uh there is a uh it's like a it's the texture and the taste of chicken but it's made out of a fungi So basically, there was a panel talk talking about we should reduce our meat intake. So at the time, you know, I was really looking into veganism. Right now, I'm a pescatarian, but I was really looking into veganism. And, you know, so it really appealed to me. So I went to this talk and it was a panel. So obviously, this was before COVID-19 and they had different people talking. And basically, they were discussing that there is this factory in Chicago and forget the working title of the product, but it's made out of a fungi, tastes and looks like chicken. And guess who's behind it? And I just remembered this yesterday. I don't know why I forgot, um, but Bill Gates. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I forgot about that event I went to. And it's like, yeah, we're working on it. And it's going to be set to launch in September. And we're partnering with Jeff Bezos. And it's going to be distributed through Whole Foods. And, you know, we're really excited and blah, blah, blah. And I haven't really heard about it. And the reason why it popped into my mind is because I've been seeing a lot of like posts that the next ploy, right, is going to be food shortage. And that because now like a lot of the meat industries have been disrupted because of like the riots and all of the things that are going on. So I know I've seen a lot of 
posts from accounts that I follow that are like, yeah, now is the time to become vegan and eat less meat and blah, 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 which I'm like, yeah, that's, that's great. That's a good thing. And I don't know. I just remembered that talk and I was like, what better way to introduce a new substitute chicken-like product that's made out of a fungi that's backed by Bill Gates. And I was like, Oh, that is genius. So yeah, I mean, we'll see if it really launches in September. If so, you've heard it here first. <laughs> I had no idea about that. And Bill Gates and Bezos and all these billionaires are behind so many things, health things. And I it know. makes you why? Are they doctors or doctors? It's very weird. But yeah, I think because he's been getting so much negativity, um, he probably won't be the poster child for it. So if something that comes out that is like a fungi, mushroom-esque material, but it looks and tastes like chicken, I don't think I'm going to eat it. <laughs> I don't trust it. But, um, but yeah, they were just basically marketing it as you should consume less meat. You don't have to become vegan or vegetarian, but you should eat less meat. It's better for the environment and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, of course, some people in the audience were saying, you know, isn't that just basically Whole Foods and billionaires kind of just putting their foot into another industry, like taking away another industry? And yes. which was a great question, by the way. And they just basically said, well, you know, that's just evolution. Hmm. And I remember thinking that was that was weird. That was a, that's weird. I see critical thinking, looking at things objectively and listen, listening to your gut. Of course, I had no idea COVID, all these things would happen the very next month. But I remember thinking that whole presentation was just weird. I was like, that's weird evolution. It's like, that's just evolution. Like we have to progress. Like we have to just, mm -hmm. we need to evolve as people. And I'm like, hmm. And I'm like, well, I guess I'd try it. I remember walking away thinking, well, I mean, I'd, I'd try it. Did you try it? Did, were there samples? No, there were no samples because it still was being made in the lab because it needs to be grown. It's a fungi, which is like a mushroom, but it tastes and looks like chicken. And of mm -hmm. course, they're yeah. saying it's healthy. What? Then just eat mushrooms, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, but it's going to be mass produced. But mm -hmm. what better way to, to, to now launch this if there is indeed a food shortage and why would there be a food shortage and disruption in the meat industry because of riots? And why would there be riots because there's peaceful protests? And why are there peaceful protests? Because there's a man that was murdered. And why was there a man murdered? <laughs> because yeah. you see my drift? So this yeah. is a very elaborate plan. But if I say that, it sounds like a conspiracy theory. It sounds like, oh, that's really far-fetched. <laughs> but honestly, is it? Is it? And then that brings me to my next point, and that's, you know, just to kind of get into the spiritual side of things, is that I recently discovered they have to announce it in some way, shape, or form. So it's kind of like the law of gravity, the law of attraction. A random person on Instagram, which is why I love Instagram so much in a sense, is that I was describing what I'm about to explain to you, but I didn't know what the law was for this. Cause I'm like, I think in like Satanism and all of that, they have to somehow announce it. Like it's a rule because that's why they have all the symbolism. Why don't they just do it? They have to somehow let the world know in a sneaky way, kind of like how vampires need permission to enter. They have to kind of let you know. And so a person was like, yeah, it's called the law of karma. And I'm like, Oh, that makes total sense. So I have a theory, um, that, that is the reason you see all that symbolism. 
is that in, in some weird way, in some sick way, they have to kind of announce their plans. Um, and if you're awakened enough to recognize it, you kind of see a common theme. And I had a guest on my show last week on uh, my Instagram Live, and she kind of um, puzzled some pieces together with the Blackout Tuesday, which was announced by the music industry. Like, what? Yeah. I'm basically saying that everything is about silencing you. Blackout Tuesday, which was the same day, you know, Hillary Clinton's lawyers were in court. So Blackout Tuesday with, you know, the knee to the neck, with the mask, with COVID attacking the lungs, with I can't breathe. That's about not being able to breathe. Everything's about silencing and surrendering to the new world order. So she had pointed that out and I was like, wow, that's wild. So, yeah. Um, That's interesting because on the day, on Tuesday, actually, or Wednesday, I posted it on my story saying, well, yesterday while we were having a media blackout, Hillary Clinton was in the United States Court of Appeals, not physically, but her lawyer talking. And there's the whole video is on YouTube through the um, official site of the U.S. Court of Appeals. And you can hear the whole thing. It's about an hour long. And she actually lost her appeal. So now she has to go back to court on September 9th. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who are truth seekers, keep an eye on September 9th. (laughs) Keep an eye on that date. And anything that may transpire between now and then, um, there's also a Senate hearings going on right now in regards to the whole Trump and Obama, Obama Gate, as Trump calls it, is going on right now. Um, but you don't really hear much of it out of the media, no. and that's really important because. Well, first of all, the Hillary Clinton thing goes into the Hillary Clinton email. That's what she's in court for, for the 30,000 emails that were wiped from her server. And Anthony Weiner's laptop, who was um, he's the husband of her main advisor, Abedin, he went to court for soliciting sex for minors. Um, he went to jail for it, for, to prison for it. Um, and there's just a lot of things about our politicians that we don't know about and that the media doesn't talk about because obviously the media works for them. Exactly. And the media is controlled by the CIA. And once you realize all that, man, it's scary to hear all these things. And it's like, whoa. And your first thought is like, that's not true. That can't be true. You know, but once you actually kind of let your ego down and just take a breather, take a step back from everything <laughs> and actually do the research and not use Google, Use DuckDuckGo, which is the search engine that's not censored and they don't take your information or spy on you. Use DuckDuckGo. And you're going to see all that information's out there. I saw it very easily. And also people on Instagram send me stuff. You know, people are in my DMs literally sending me this stuff. And I research it myself and I come to these conclusions because there is a war on consciousness going on right now. And I think the best way that we can handle, and I I wanted to get your opinion on this, is the great awakening and ascension and all these things, because we knew that 2020, you know, those of us in the spiritual community, we knew that 2020 would be the year of the veil being lifted, Mm -hmm. of all things coming to light and an awakening. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I just hopped on this train. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I just hopped on this train two months ago, um, but I'm very grateful to be on it. Um, 
one thing I realize is that is not everybody is going to get on the train. Um, it's it's not, not everybody is meant to awaken. And I think at first it made me a little sad, but now I realize it, that's just that's just what it is. And one thing I also recognize is that you know we've always been here. Our consciousness we've 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 always been here. Our bodies are just temporary. So knowing that it kind of also gave me a sense of relief. So ultimately it's kind of, it kind of goes back to what I said earlier. Um, just keep sharing your truth and keep, keep tapping into that inner peace. Um, I think for me, that's been the biggest reason I have been able to awaken. And the tool that helped me with that is meditation. If I didn't have that, I don't think I would have been able to have an open, an open, mind to even absorb all of the information that I saw in those documentaries and then also have and even if I did would have the strength to be able to get out of the frequency of of oh my god this is so terrible this is so terrible because I was in that frequency for a couple of days like after I saw those documentaries like I woke up feeling really really sad and like, oh my God, those poor children, like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, I felt really depressed and I've dealt with depression, you know, for a long time. And I felt myself kind of staying stuck there. And I was like, okay, I'm not doing anybody any good being there either, you know? So I had to kind of almost be able to put myself in their shoes, as horrific as that sounds. And when I was able to do that and kind of understand them and not, this is going to sound really, really weird, but in a weird way, empathize, I was able to then recognize, okay, how can I then do what I do best to spread my message and come from love and light so it doesn't attack my energy? So what I what I mean by that is once I started then doing the research and not at attaching my emotion to what I was finding... I would be able to go to sleep at night and still sleep peacefully and not have like bad dreams or wake up feeling the anxiety. I was okay knowing there was evil in the world, but it could not affect me personally. Cause that's one of the things I found out about like Satanism and all of that is that you have to literally protect yourself. Nothing can harm you. Nothing can attach itself to you. Nothing can possess you unless you invite it in. So once I knew that and I consciously like knew I was light and knew I was okay and protected, and I'm here to do good, I knew nothing could affect me. And that's very powerful. That's a powerful place to be in. And that's when you start attracting miracles and other people that are like light workers, I guess. And you can really create massive change. And I start, and I'm starting to see that. I'm obviously not where I'd like to be, but I'm, I'm starting to see that even with our conversation right now. So it's exciting, and I'm starting to now find momentum with that. Um, so, and what I mean with empathy, because I know that sounds a little weird, like how can you have empathy for such horrific people? The reason I say that is because ultimately it's 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 in the essence of religion, right? So once I started studying it, um, not studying it, but just reading about it, uh, I believe it's the it's called the Book of the Law by Crowley. I was reading this page and it was talking about like human sacrifice and it literally explained, I guess, quote unquote, the benefits and what to do and how to do it. I'm not going to get into all of that. 
but basically it explained it and with the understanding of it it's like okay now i understand why they do what they do it's not at random it's not like when you hear about a random serial killer killing someone it's like why do they do what they do okay now i understand why they're doing what they do why these children go missing why they have all these fronts like i understand their operation i get the way their minds think i understand the celebrities you know they want to look young the propaganda like i get it now do I agree with it? No. Would I participate? No, obviously not. But I understand their way of thinking and why they need to protect it. So with that understanding in mind, I can separate my my ego and emotion from it and get out of that frequency so I can now do something about it. And the, my way of doing that is sharing this knowledge so people can awaken. And hopefully the way I'm presenting it will you know, resonate with people. And if not, hopefully I've planted a seed. And the next thing is my music. I believe that's my outer purpose. And that's my gift to share with the world. You know, and for you, it could be something different. And for somebody else, it can be, you know, running politics. We're going to need new politicians eventually, right? For somebody else, it can be, I don't know, they're in real estate, they're whatever, they're a teacher, they're a photographer. So I, I don't think people need to change you know, what they're passionate about. If anything, we need people to do whatever it is that they love, but they need to, we need to, we need people to do whatever it is that they love, but we need them to do it consciously and awakened. So if everybody can continue to do what they love and follow their passion, but do it awakened and consciously and with intention and with their first purpose being inner peace, that is how we're going to have world peace. Beautiful. I couldn't have said it better myself. And that is light work is it's not just being a spiritual teacher or a guru or an activist. It's literally taking your light and injecting it into whatever your work is. And it's so, that's so powerful. Honestly, that's so powerful. And I know you said that you just started this journey two months ago, but honestly, I think that you've been in it much longer. You just haven't realized <laughs> yeah, because that, that is a realization that somebody comes to after years of doing the work and years of, of developing that. And for you, it was just always there. I think you just recently let it out. So that's amazing. And, and thank you so much for sharing your perspective and for being so courageous and for taking the time to come on here and speak with me because I am the type of person where... I like to hear different opinions. I like to hear what different people have to say and especially what's going on right now and not just put my voice out there, but amplify the voices of others who have your perspectives, for example. And so I'm very grateful for your time and for sharing all your knowledge. And I just wanted to ask you one last thing. What is your advice for people right now who are listening? Oof. A great question. My advice would be to be patient with yourself, be kind to yourself, and be be compassionate with yourself. And I say with yourself first because if you're not able to do those things for yourself first, you're not going to be of any use to anyone else. Um, and that's a lesson that took me a long time to learn because um, I always thought that. The more I would give, the more I would get. And even though I thought I was coming from a loving place, and my intention 
was a beloving place, it was inherently still selfish because it came from expectation. I figured the more I give, whether it was, you know, through money or through time or, you know, words of affirmation, whatever, there was still an expectation. And that's not, that's not how it works. So my advice would be give what you want others to give you to yourself first. And once you are able to do that and your cup is full and you're continuously doing that and you're continuously living, you know, in that inner peace or as much as possible, um, then you're able to naturally attract and tune into that frequency like a radio station. And those people will, will start appearing in your life. And it's wonderful because the moment you stop expecting it is when it just, it appears. Um, and I'm experiencing that right now. And it's, it's such a beautiful thing. So that would be my advice. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Vibe Queen. You, you are incredible. And I hope that all of you who are listening right now, go check her out. Where can we find you on social media? Um, yeah, so you can follow me um, at Vibe Queen Music on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And then there's a ton of resources on my website, um, and that's www.vibequeenmusic.com. So I have blogs, I have merch. Um, whole bunch of stuff so check it out and then um, Monday through Friday I lead a guided meditation three o'clock central time so I'd love for you guys to tune in it's about five minutes and uh, yeah let's let's heal the world <laughs> amen thank you so much and those of you who are listening, thank you for listening and for staying with us and for being open-minded as we discuss these things as they're not very widely accepted, but I know that a lot of you have had these questions in your head. <laughs> so let's put out the positive intention and positive vibration for a new earth and we will get through this and it's a dark time, but you're going to see how things start to shift once you begin to create that shift with inside within yourself. Thank you so much for watching everyone for more information and where to find find vibe queen. I will put the links down below and always remember this, my beautiful angels, no matter who you may be in this life, no matter what you may look like or what you're going through, your true beauty, your true worth, and your true power always come from within. Thank you so much. And thank you, Vibe Queen. See you in the next episode. Bye-bye.